Well, as you heard in the announcements, we do have our SALT conference coming up next month. And some of you might be wondering, what is the SALT conference really about? Maybe you're deciding, uh, should I go? Should I attend? And you might have other questions. So this morning, I'm going to invite Pastor Sheldon up because we want to we wanna help you answer some of those questions that you may have. So good morning, Pastor Sheldon. Good morning. How are you? Good. So we have our SALT conference coming up next month, October 21st and yes. 22nd. And so uh, I know some of our people may have some questions. So okay. I think the first question is, what is SALT? Okay, so it's actually an acrostic uh, that stands for serving and learning together. I mean, if you serve God and you serve here at the church, you learn a lot. But at the same time, it doesn't necessarily mean you have to be here to learn. You serve at home. We serve at work. We serve uh, wherever we go because we're believers in Christ. So we're all servants so that's, that's the, the heart of the, the conference. It's that we're going to serve and learn together. Okay, that sounds great. Uh, now, I know that not everyone here has attended a conference before. So what can those who have never, uh, never went to or experienced a conference, what can they okay. expect? So uh, just as a show of hands, how many of you ever went to a conference, some type of conference? Just raise your hand. Okay, maybe half of us went to a conference. Normally when you go to a conference, you, and, and they're all different but most of the time, you'll experience learning, either in a setting like this where someone gives a, a talk for a while, or it's a, a, a type of conference where you're going to learn for work. It all depends what it is. So you may do things that are hands-on. Maybe you'll do things in a classroom setting. Uh, for, but for what we're doing is we're, we're actually going to be doing both. Uh, the hands-on part of it is... Here's an example. If you are someone who loves to sing, you love uh, worshiping God, or you want to be a part of our worship team, then when you come to the conference, you're not coming to attend. You're coming to participate. So you're going to be with their rehearsals. You're going to be with their uh, behind the scenes. You're going to be able to learn what they're learning. Uh, and when you're, so when worship is happening, then you're able to see from beginning to end the entirety of what a worship person will do because worship doesn't just happen when you're on the platform. It's constant. It's an entire lifestyle. So that's, that's just an example for someone who would be like a, someone who would be singing or doing, uh, playing an instrument. Let's just say you're a greeter. When you attend the conference, you're not going to be a spectator. You're going to be a participant. So you're going to be greeting people, and if you want to learn about greeting, the best way to learn is to learn with a fellow greeter, someone who has been greeting for a while, and this person will help teach that person. And then they'll say, okay, so when you greet, make sure you smile, because, you know, when people are coming, you're like, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. Like 18 people, I said good morning too, good morning, good morning. So we want to help that person remember why they're greeting. They're greeting in the name of the Lord, not saying good morning to say good morning. So that's just the hands-on part of it and various areas. Uh, even with the youth ministry, uh, other churches will be invited. Uh, actually, this is like a divisional conference for our uh, churches here on the Big Island, our four-square churches. And some youth pastors will be attending. And what you guys are going to be doing is planning a youth night uh, together. And then you oh, will be... New doing this together yeah so you're going to be having your friday night that night together or whenever you're going to plan it 
And then when that night is done, he's like, wait, we're doing this now? I know. Yeah, I've been gone for six weeks. I shut everything down. You guys didn't okay. know all of this. Okay. And so it's a hands-on kind of conference. And the talk time, uh, we call it salt talks. So it's about 10 to 12 minutes. A pastor will be speaking. And then you will have questions uh, to ask. You can ask questions. And part of the reason why we're doing that is when you attend a conference, whatever they teach, that's all you can really receive. I mean, you can, you can kind of stretch and, and learn some other things, but very rarely can you just ask questions. Well, we're going to give that opportunity to our congregation and those who attend so that you leave with specific things. Let's just say they're talking about a principle because that's what uh, they'll be talking about, various principles, like the principle of how to avoid burnout, how to avoid, uh, you know, uh, crashing and burning because there's so much to do. They're going to teach about that principle, and then we can ask questions. Questions like, I don't serve in ministry, but how do I avoid burnout as a single parent? And then we'll have a a panel of pastors that can bring different perspectives, and that way we can leave with specific uh, questions answered. That sounds good because I think there might be some of us here that maybe we're wondering, you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, not, I'm serving or maybe I want to serve, but I'm not a leader. So will I benefit okay. from this or right. how will I benefit? That's actually a misconception that we have. Every single person leads something or someone. We all lead. Especially here in Hawaii, we're family. So like growing up, anybody could give you lickens because you were misbehaving. <laughs> Right? I remember coming home from school, and if my uncle heard something that I did, he would, he would correct me before I got home. Like, they, they, they prepare you before you get scoldings. So it's like we raise each other up, and that's kind of how it is. We're all leaders somewhere, at the workplace or wherever you work, in school, at home. We all lead somewhere. So this conference is for everyone. It's not just people who serve in the church. Wow. Well, that sounds yeah. awesome. So when does the conference start? It's, and it's, is there a cost? Yeah, so it's Friday morning, the 21st, which is pretty interesting because people are taking off of work just to be here on Friday morning. And most of it is our, our sister churches and their leaders that will be here on Friday that morning. But because we're opening it up for everyone, then people are saying, you know what? That sounds like, a, that sounds like something I'm going to take out time for because it's going to benefit them, their family, even their workplace. They're going to uh, ga- uh, gather some great principles as well as be able to learn and grow together or serve and learn together. Uh, so that's Friday morning, and then it'll go until the evening. And uh, Saturday, it begins in the morning again, 7 o'clock. But that's registration. That's when we register. It actually begins around 8.45 around there uh, with our worship time, and then we'll go right into the conference. Uh, but that Friday, that Friday night, in fact, the 26th, 21st is going to be open to everyone because we're going to have a worship night that night. So this place is going to be packed. Imagine all of our sister churches here and some of our daughter churches here together with us all worshiping our God. So it's going to be a powerful, powerful time serving and learning together. Yeah, that sounds awesome. So is there a cost? Yes, there is. So at the information center, uh, it's actually $25 for the two days. And some people are asking, well, what if I only attend one day? Then Friday is 15, Saturday is 10. Okay. But if you come Friday, you're going to be like, you know what? I ain't golfing tomorrow. I will come. <laughs> I will pay. And so it's still $25. Awesome. Yeah. 
Well, I know uh, some of you may have some more questions, so please feel free to stop by our information center and ask those questions. And also, if you're still if you're still deciding whether or not you should go, uh, take it from Pastor Sheldon and I. This is going to be an amazing conference that you don't want to miss out. Uh, so I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, and it's only like four cups of coffee and same cost. <laughs> coffee is that expensive now, but that conference is so minimal. Exactly. <laughs> but it's going to be a good time. So. Alrighty. Well, thank you. That's the Salt Conference. Yeah, so, thank you, Pastor thank Ben. You, Pastor thank Sheldon. you, Pastor Sheldon. Thank you. Can we just thank Pastor Ben? Thank you so much. It's, it's going to be a, a fantastic time. And we're in this series called How Do I. Last week we talked about how do I... How do I find God? I was just doing that because I was trying to remember. I'm like, wait, what did we talk about last week? So how do we find God? Today we're going to talk about how do I know it's God speaking? Because that's probably number, the number one thing people want to know is, how do I know it's God speaking? Like Sometimes it sounds good, but is it God? And so we want to take a look at that. How do we know it's God speaking? Because in this series, we want to learn this, how to live this new life as a believer in Jesus. It's a totally different life than what we were used to. It's a new life in Christ. So we got to get used to how to live this new life as well as unlearn the things we used to do. So today as we talk about how do I know it's God speaking, we're going to learn that there are many voices that come into our minds, many different thoughts that come into our minds. And so how do we discern the different voices that come into our minds so that we can clearly hear that it's God speaking? Because throughout life, we're going to go through many changes, many different seasons. Our children will be young, and then they'll grow up, and then they'll move out. Or we'll get married one day, raise a family, change career. We go through seasons. In fact, our church goes through seasons. From the very beginning, when we first began, God had a vision for us as New Hope. And we knew that God was going to be the one we would rely on. In fact, we also went through some name changes. And, and you may have come in and you saw our sign outside. If you didn't see it, uh, you might be a person who's just focused and you, you're, you're, uh, you're heading towards somewhere, so you're not even thinking about anything else. But I wanted to show you and, and give you a brief history of our name. And so you're wondering, why are we saying New Hope Church now, not New Hope Hilo Hawaii? Well, let's just take a look at this. This is the sign that just went up uh, this past weekend. And let me just give you the history of our name. When we first became a church, we were New Hope Fellowship. And then it was at that time where a lot of different religions were coming in. So a lot of new age beliefs were coming in. And so people thought we were a new age church. They thought we were a cult. So they didn't want to come to our church. And we said, wait a minute. We need to let them know that we are New Hope Christian Fellowship. And so we put the word Christian in there. As time went on, that word Christian became so widely diverse that people didn't know what a Christian meant. And Christian actually is someone who follows Christ, or identified with Christ. But you still have that word Christian being tossed around even though people don't identify with Christ. But when it comes to the body of Christ, then we're the church. So we said New Hope Hila Hawaii because we, we wanted people to know where we were. But when, we, when the internet came out, because of uh, they can go onto our website and find where we are, we don't need Hilo Hawaii in our name, but we do need church because we are always the church. And so we just say New Hope Church, of course, of Hilo Hawaii. And so we just made it shorter. And some of you say that to people. Where do you go? I go New Hope Church. So although we say New Hope Church, that word church is bold because you are the church. 
and we have always been New Hope. So welcome to New Hope Church. And that dove that you see is the, represents the Holy Spirit hovering over us, keeping, watching, keeping watch over us, and always in control of the church. And that's just who we are. So if you see some things like that, some updates, that's what it is. But we've always been New Hope. We've always been New Hope. God never changes. Although we go through changes, he never changes and so that's the, the heart behind it. And if, you, if people are wondering what is happening, we're not going through any major changes. That's just the name. And it still identifies who we are, but at the same time reminds us that we are the church. We're who God called us to be so that we can shine as lights into the world and be salt and flavor the world because the world is tasteless and the world needs some flavor to it. You and I got some flavor. Look at the person next to you. Say, you got some flavor. Okay, I know it might be uncomfortable if you're sitting next to someone, and that's okay. But we've got some flavor. Some of you are spicy, and it's okay. It's okay. We, we, we can handle spicy. But uh, take out your notes as we talk a little bit about uh, how do we know it's God speaking. I want to do a test, okay, this morning, and, and I want you to participate because we, we, we want to learn how, how is it that sometimes we can discern God's voice and sometimes we can't. Why is it that sometimes we think it's God and then when we make that decision, later down the line we say, I don't think that was God. So I want to I test you, okay, if you can recognize these voices, okay. Here's the first one, and when we play it, I want you to just yell it out, okay. Don't be ashamed. Listen. I know you got it, but I cannot read your mind. So just, just yell it out. Not too loud, just, I mean, enough. You know? Who was that? Darth Vader. Okay. Who's the actor? James Earl Jones. Okay. And uh, that was uh, Simba's dad. Okay. So here's, here's the next voice. I don't know why I'm pointing to the screen. It's not even coming on the screen. Uh, okay. Story. Who's the actress? Ellen DeGeneres. Yes. Okay. So you're catching it. Here's the final voice. When you see it, okay. So who is that? Yeah, Rocky. Yeah, Sylvester Stallone. It's funny because I heard somebody say Rocky. Like, you can't say it in a normal voice. Like, that's rocky. So you know the voices. And it's familiar to us because we've seen the movies. And, and if you have not seen those movies or watched it over and over, wasn't it difficult to, dis- to discern what voice that is? See, when we have a hard time knowing it's God speaking, when it's difficult, it's a little indication that I might not be hearing him or spending time with him that often. But if I spend time with him, I will begin to recognize his voice. Then I will know it's God speaking. Now, even then, it's difficult because of our humanity. We get in the way of God. We get in the way of his voice. And we want what we want because we feel like that's what would be best for us. But God says, I want to do what's best for you from my perspective because I see from beginning to end. You may feel that this is now, that this is going to be for you now, but I'm also looking about afterwards. 
because he knows the future that he has for us. I want you to turn in your Bibles to the first book of Samuel in the Old Testament, 1 Samuel chapter 3. And if you don't have your Bibles, I'm going to read this little passage for us. And this is when Eli, the priest, was raising up this young boy named Samuel. Samuel was given to the Lord because his mom made a promise that she said, if I do have this child, I will dedicate him to the Lord, in which that happened. And so now Samuel, this little boy, is serving in the house of the Lord with Eli the priest. Now, Eli had some sons that he didn't father too well. But Eli did very well when it came to the priestly things. But still, his family went astray. But we don't want to have our family go astray and then do well in the marketplace or at work or with everyone else. We want to do well in the home at the same time. So we can learn some principles. And in 1 Samuel chapter 3, I'll read from verses 1 to about uh, 11. And it says this, Now the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli, and the word of the Lord was rare. In those days, there was no widespread revelation. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was lying down in his place, and when his eyes had begun to grow so dim that he could not see, and before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord, where the ark of God was, and while Samuel was lying down, that the Lord called Samuel. And he answered, Here I am. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. And he said, I I did not call. Lie down again. And he went and lay down. Then the Lord called yet again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you called me. He answered, "I I did not call. My son, lie down again. Now Samuel, listen very carefully, Samuel did not yet know the Lord nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. So Samuel is in the beginning stages of learning about God, learning to hear his voice. Even though he's been serving God, he still has yet to recognize God's voice. He's in the temple serving God. How often we can come to church week after week and still have a hard time knowing God and understanding who he is. And so the Lord called Samuel again in verse 8, the third time. So he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. It's like Samuel's irritated already saying, listen, I know someone is calling me and you're the only one here, so it must be you. You called me. And then Eli perceived that the Lord had called the boy. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and it shall be, if he calls you, that you must say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. Now the Lord came and stood and called at other times. Now how many times is this already? Yeah, three, four times already. Is this three? Three times he calls. Now this is going to be the fourth. Now the Lord... Now the Lord came and stood and called at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel answered, and he said this, Speak, for your servant hears. Then the Lord said to Samuel. And when God speaks to Samuel, now he can hear him. It's interesting that the Lord will speak. He'll speak, and he'll speak until we hear. He's that loving to us. 
Just, we, just because we may miss the voice of God the first time doesn't mean he's not going to speak a second time, a third time, a fourth time, a fifth time. I can rewind the tape in my entire life and pinpoint times when God was speaking to me and I didn't hear his voice. I didn't recognize his voice. I didn't draw close to him. I pulled away from him. I'm pretty sure many of us can rewind the tape even in this past month and say, wow, God, I didn't listen to you then. I didn't listen to you then. I just tuned you out. But God says, it doesn't stop me from speaking. I will still speak to you because I love you and I have a future planned for you, a great future. So God doesn't stop speaking even when we stop listening. His voice is that powerful, that meaningful, and that mighty. Psalm 33, verses 6 and 9 it says, by the word of the Lord, the heavens were made, and by the breath of his mouth, all their host. For he spoke, and it was done. He commanded, and it stood fast. See, when God speaks, there is potential for great things. Because he is just that good. Genesis 1, verses 1 through 3, we may know this scripture. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Then God said, and these are the first recorded words that God said, and he said what? Let there be light. Let there be light. God speaks, and light comes into existence. And then what happened? There was light. Powerful things happen when God speaks. So how do you know it's God speaking? Well, here are some practical ways. Here's the first thing. This is how I can, that I can learn how to, know, how to know it's God speaking and how I can hear God's voice. Here's the first thing. Read my Bible about 15 minutes a day. Read your Bible about 15 minutes a day. 15 minutes? I got to read that long. 15 minutes. I, I, I have a hard time reading the Bible. Now, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, okay? This is just for you. Just, just, as a, just as a, almost like a, I can do this thought. How many of us, don't raise your hands, okay? How many of us read something more than 15 minutes? Yeah, we do. Newspaper, Facebook, Instagram, internet, TV, somebody else. We'll, we'll talk story with them. We, we, we all do something longer than 15 minutes that actually may be unnecessary in our lives. It doesn't matter. It's not going to give us a win or lose situation. It's just we spend 15 minutes doing these things that are unproductive or really has nothing to do with my growth in the Lord. But it's just things that are more entertainment purposes. And we, we do it for fun or we hang out someplace and things like that. But for some reason, when it comes to the Word of God... That's where we struggle with, just for 15 minutes a day. We struggle with that. And the reason why we struggle is because the Word of God is living and active, and our flesh, our old nature, hates the Word of God because the Word of God changes our old self. And so we have a hard time with it. We fight against it. But we don't fight against everything else. Easy to pick up the remote control and turn that on. But when it comes to the Bible, it's like, oh. I don't know, it's going to take time. Or I got to do this first. I got to do this first. I got to do this. And it's like God saying, I will still speak. I speak for your good. Because I love you. And I want you to understand my voice. I want you to discern my voice. Because when God speaks, there is great potential. 
for something powerful to happen. So we call it doing our devotions. We spend time in the Word of God. We have a bookmarker that we follow. And so we read the Bible, in an, the entire Bible, in one year. In fact, if you need a bookmarker, you can go to the Information Center, and you'll get a bookmarker. And that will help you to follow along. We, we follow a reading plan so that we spend time in the Word of God. In fact, this Thursday, and you may have heard it in our announcements, we're going to go through this uh, book. It's a great book by Pastor Wayne Cordero. It's called The Divine Mentor, Growing Your Faith as You Sit at the Feet of the Savior. And it teaches us to hear God's voice and why it's important to hear His voice and why it's important to sit at His feet. We have these books available in the bookstore if you want to purchase one after service. But we're going to go through a DVD curriculum on Thursday nights for about seven weeks. And it's from 6 o'clock to about 7.45. And we just watch a teaching. And then we break up in groups. And then we discuss. And then we learn together what it means to hear God. And why is it so important to learn from the divine mentor. Various people in the Bible will be able to teach us from their life lessons. And it's going to be helpful to us as we learn to hear God's voice and and understand, is it you, God? Is that you speaking to me? So you read your Bible about 15 minutes a day and, and develop the habit of devotions so that we can learn together if it's God speaking. And when you spend time with someone so much, you recognize their voice. And you, you can recognize each other's voice, can't you? I mean, if you're, if you're somewhere, I mean, I remember my, my, uh, my cousin, we were at uh, 7-Eleven growing up, and we were just kids, but uh, 7-Eleven had some arcade games. And so we would go in there and play video games. Well, my cousin was playing a video game, and he wasn't supposed to be there. He was supposed to be at home doing his chores. Well, his mom came to the store, and we all saw his mom, and we're like, hey, hey, your mom is here. He's like, hey, hey, stop it, stop it, I'm, I'm doing good. And so he said, no, 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 your mom is here. And then she pulled his ear. He said, stop it. And then she said his name, Peter. And, oh, he stopped everything. He just stopped everything, turned around, and he knew his mama's voice. I still hear my mom's voice whenever uh, there's a, a female and there's a door. My mom's voice comes in my head and says, you open that door because you need to respect women. Okay, I open the door. And don't you ever walk in the doorway before the woman does. So I can still hear my mom's voice. It's still there. Why? Because I've spent so much time with her. And when you spend time with someone, you recognize their voice. Even, even growing up, when we would do certain things, you knew that mom or dad would be upset. Because when you're doing what you're not supposed to do, you can hear them saying what you're not supposed to do. And then you know what they're going to say when you get home. You even repeat it to yourself. You know they're going to say something. So you know that because you spend time with them. And it's same with God. We can recognize his voice when we spend time with him in his word. John 1 verses 1 through 5 tells us that in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. So God's word will bring light to our souls, will light up the places that are filled with darkness so that we can continue to understand who he is. So get into the Bible. Read about 15 minutes a day. The second thing is this. When you pray, 
Say, say this to God because it's a relational thing. Say to God, speak to me throughout my day. Lord, can you just speak to me throughout my day? Not just in the morning when I pray or bless my food, but can you speak to me throughout the day? And he will. He will speak to us throughout the day, wherever we may go. Lord, speak to me throughout the day. You're inviting God to speak to you all day. It's not just when we need him. It's him being with us and us being with him. And when God speaks, there is great potential for powerful things to happen. So just be aware of that when he speaks. And it's because of this that the devil finds opportunities and ways to drown out God's voice. He's very crafty. You've got to remember that, that the devil is very crafty. He knows how to manipulate and, and how to lead us astray. But when we recognize God's voice and we understand him speaking, now we can discern that that's the enemy because it doesn't line up with the word of God. It, God's voice always lines up with his word because the word is God. The word is with God. And from the very beginning, the word was with God. And he never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So what God said, he is still saying today. It doesn't change. It just doesn't change. The word of God does not change. So sometimes the problem is that we have so many converging voices in our head that we just don't know how to pick out which one is God. And so we pick out the one that feels good. That, okay, this sounds like the right voice. This sounds like God because I, I, I agree with it. But sometimes it's not. And our minds can be prompted by God. And we can even follow God as we learn more about him because of that relationship. Religion will put us in places that feels good rather than what's wise. Because God will give us wisdom. Sometimes our own nature will stir up some voices our carnality, our human nature will say, no, but this, I think this is the best thing to do. This, this seems, it feels right. But did we go to God? Did we hear his voice or is it our voice? See, that's why we got to spend time with him. That's why we got to say, Lord, can you just speak to me throughout my entire day? Not just in, in moments, but throughout the entire day. Some ignore God's voice or that prompting. And then we believe anything we hear or what sounds good. So we find friends that are of good reputation, which is okay, but you still got to hear God for yourself. It's okay to seek advice, godly advice, prayer, and things like that. But at the end of it, you still have to make that decision based on hearing God and discerning his voice. Now, it may seem foolish how often uh, people will do uh, you know, horrible things that they would say, well, God made me do it. God said to do it. And it may seem foolish that we hear people saying that, but that's what they say. That they'll do horrible things, commit horrible acts and crimes because they, say, they felt that that was God. But if it does not line up with his word, then that's how you can know that it's not God speaking. It must line up with his word. Now, you can, you can break apart scripture, take it out of context, and do anything. That's why it's the word of God. Not just one scripture. It has to be its entirety. It has to be the heart of God, the character of God. Not just one scripture. Proverbs 14 verse 15 says, Only simpletons believe everything they're told, but the prudent carefully consider their steps. Carefully consider their steps. They don't just at random just do whatever feels good or even follow their heart. 
Because the heart is deceptive. We want to follow God. He's never deceptive. He will always lead us in the right direction. But sometimes the voice is hard to hear because we don't, we don't know. Is that you, God? Is that, it sounds like God. Seems like God. And it may just be a portion of Scripture. So here's another voice I want you to discern, okay? And I want you to yell out either the actor or um, even what movie, but you may get the actor, okay? Let's listen to this very carefully. I'll be back. Okay, so who was that? From what movie? Yeah, Terminator. So we recognize that because we know that phrase, I'll be back. We know that phrase, right? We know the movie. Some of us grew up watching that. Or we know the actor. He has a very distinct voice. Now, here's the problem. The devil can counterfeit the words of God. And if you don't know the difference between a counterfeit voice and God's actual voice... That's where it's going to be tough. Believe it or not, that audio clip that you heard was not Arnold Schwarzenegger. That was me. (laughs) But that's what the enemy comes to do. He comes to bring in. It sounds good. Sounds like God, but it's not. It's an imitation voice of God. The devil even did that with Jesus Christ. Remember in the, when Jesus was tempted for 40 days? He went into the wilderness. In fact, in Matthew chapter 4, I want to read just a little bit of Matthew chapter 4. And if you want to turn there, you can do so in Matthew chapter 4 in the New Testament. First book of the New Testament. We see that Jesus was led into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted for 40 days, in verse 2, and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. Now, in the beginning, the devil didn't use scripture. He just challenged Jesus in his power. He said, command these stones to become bread. But Jesus answered and said, it is written. So Jesus knew God's voice. Because he is God. And he understands that it is written. What God said, he's still saying. So he said, no, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. It's God speaking. That's how we survive. That's how we live. Then the devil took him up into the holy city, set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. And now here's where he comes in with scripture. He says, for For it is written. In other words, people and ourselves would say, no, it's in the Bible. I can find something in the Bible to help me do what I want. So the devil said, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge over you, and in their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. Now, is that that truth? Is the devil speaking truth right now? Is the devil using God's word? Yes, it's truth. He's coming out of the book of Psalms. And so he's bringing deception to Jesus using the Bible to deceive. And it can almost seem like, okay, 
It makes sense. It's in the Bible. So, yes, I can do this. But Jesus says, hold on. It is also written again. You shall not tempt the Lord your God. You see what Jesus did? He didn't just leave the scripture alone by itself. He brought the entire word of God. Because when the word of God is given in its entirety, now we can begin to understand that it's God speaking. And then again, the devil took him up on, the, on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you if, if, you, if you will fall down and worship me. And then Jesus said to him, away with you, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only you shall serve. See, Jesus didn't wait he, he brought out the entirety of God. He didn't wait and just kind of like, okay, maybe if I try this and then see what happens. No, he knew the word of God. He is the word. But the devil tries, and he'll try that with you and I. We've got to be able to discern the imitating voice of God. And sometimes he tries to drown out God's voice. Other times he'll try to counterfeit it, and he'll use the word of God against us. And then later on, we find out that was not you, God. But even still, God will speak. And so when we're going through this, this is why we need to, here's the last thing, number three, put ourselves in positions of surrender. We put ourselves in positions of surrender. That's what Jesus was saying. He was saying, listen, Satan, away with you, because we worship God alone. We don't surrender ourselves to anything else. We surrender ourselves to God. Because he's the one that we surrender to for this greater life. So the question is this. Have I surrendered everything to God? Have I surrendered my life to God? Have I surrendered my thought life to God? Have I surrendered my will to God? Have I surrendered my family to God? Have I surrendered my my marriage to God? Have I surrendered my finances to God? My time to God? Have I surrendered it all to him? Or do I just keep some? and, And have kind of like a partial kind of life with God. God says, when you do that, then you compartmentalize yourself with me. And then only when you need me, or if you love me at certain times, or if you, if you want blessings, or you did something wrong and you need forgiveness. And so we, we compartmentalize who God is and step into squares when we need to. Oh, I need God for this. Oh, I need God for that. Oh, I want to do this. So I'm going to step out of that. God says, I'm a relational God. I, I want to be with you. Now, here's the good news. Even though we may behave in that way, it doesn't change God's heart for us. I'm so glad for his grace, his love, mercy, and forgiveness. It never changes that. But at the same time, if I get stuck in these blocks, then that's what I'll do all my life. That will be my relationship with God. It's just in block form rather than the freedom of living a life with God, letting him move in and through us. That's freedom, not living a compartmentalized life with him. It's living in freedom with God. That when we hear his voice, we obey him. That's why we got to put ourselves in positions of surrender. We're going to first respond out of what is familiar. And that happened with Samuel. He responded to what was familiar. He said, yeah, Eli, you called me. And Eli said, no, I didn't call you. That's the only voice Samuel really knew of that was close to God. And so at first, we might, we might hear some familiar voices, but then you surrender to the Lord and ask him to speak to you, and he will. 
some familiar voices will come in and will say, Lord, I want to know if that's you. I want to spend time in your word. Teach me to hear your voice. And you do that day after day. Matthew chapter 7, verses 7 and 8 says, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And let's read this part together. Ready? Go. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Yeah, to everyone. This is not exclusive. It's inclusive. We're all included. You're not separate from Everyone. God wants all of us included. And he says, you come to me, ask, and you shall receive. You seek, you will find, knock, and it will be open. Now, here's, here's where, we, where we may go wrong or a little off. We just think we got to ask. So we ask God, and then we wait. But he says, hang on, you, gotta, you also have to seek. You got to seek. There's, there's something that we do. We got to seek him. And then we knock. In other words, you got to get so close to God's house that you can knock. You can be down the street, God, hey, God, help me with this. Ah, can't hear him. Now we got to go seek him and go look for him. Okay, God, I want to be where you are. We get close enough to God that we can knock on his door. Hello, hello. And God will open the door and he'll say, yes. And we can talk story with him. It's that still, small voice. And God speaks in a still, small voice because he wants us near. See, husbands, if you want to get close to your wife, talk soft. It's like, honey, let's go out to dinner tonight. Huh? Let's go out to dinner tonight. I cannot hear. Come closer. <laughs> and then you whisper in there like, oh, hot your voice, hot, hot, hot. <laughs> go brush your teeth, go brush your teeth. <laughs> but we're near each other now. And that's what God says, knock. And when you knock, you'll come close. He wants us near to him. He always wants us near. And here's the other thing. When God says to come near, we need to act in humility. We position ourselves to surrender it all to him. And it takes humility to do that. James chapter 4, verses 2 and 3 tells us, you want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. In other words, we should be asking God to seek him, to find him, to be close to him. But our motives are not right. And so we don't get because our motives are wrong. We just want what will give us pleasure. I heard one person say it this way. We have two ears, one to hear God and one to hear people. Because sometimes we can, we can, we can misuse that and say, no, I have two ears just for people. Or two ears just for God. And God says, no, no, this is how you should love me. Love me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then love your neighbor as yourself. So one ear to God, one ear to people. We love God and we love people. We listen to God, but we also listen to people's needs. One ear to God says, Lord, I'm, speak to me throughout my day. I'm listening. Your servant is here. 
And when he speaks to us, now we can serve people. We can serve their needs. We can serve our family. We know how to live as a husband or you as a wife, as a parent, as a child, or how, how are you going to be in school or at work. We can hear God, but then we also can hear the needs of people. And just like Samuel, he had one ear to Eli, and then one ear became hearing God. And now he was able to discern the difference between people's voices and God speaking. God says, you're going to need both. You're going to need to hear me, but you're going to also need to hear the needs of people. And so now we become familiar with God's voice, not just familiar with the voices of people. And we're going to learn to discern between the two as we position ourselves by surrendering our lives to God. And sometimes when God speaks, it, it doesn't sound good, but it is good. I remember being a young kid when we would cross the street. My mom would say, Sheldon, hold my hand. And I see my friends across the street. I'm like, Mom, I don't want to hold your hand. She goes, hold my hand. There are cars passing by. I said, I don't need to hold your hand. She goes, hold my hand. And she would grip my hand. And, you know, I just, you know, I just hang on. I don't, I don't want to hold her hand. And so she's, ah. and I see all my friends are like, <laughs> I was like, Mom, come on, a high school already. And so I'm like, you know, let me walk across the street. It, but, she, but she would say, this is good for you. <laughs> Even now, I hold my mom's hand when I go visit her. I tell her, Ma, I got to hold your hand for across the street. But it's, it's for our good. It may, not, it may not feel good at that time, but it's, it's good for us. And, and I, I told this story before, but my mom used to tell me, walk on the outside of the sidewalk where the road is. In case cars bang us by accident, they hit you first to slow down the car before it hits me. It doesn't sound good, but it was good for my mom. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's parenting 101 right there. But basically what she was saying is, you always protect mom. Always protect your mom. Protect your family. It may not sound good at that time, but it is good. God may tell us things that may not sound good, but it is good. He may speak some things to us that we would say, but it doesn't feel good, God. But he says, but it is good. You need to die to self right now. Because your family is falling apart. Yeah, but I'm the head of the household. Yes, you are. And look at what's happening. So you can change this. You can turn it around. You're the head of the household. You can make this happen. But you got to do it by surrendering it all to me. You may be a single parent. You're saying, I, I, I got to do this by myself. Or maybe you're married and you still feel like a single parent. How do I do this? God says, you know, we can turn this around. Surrender to me. And, and we can make it work together. Because when God speaks... There is potential for powerful things to happen because that's his voice. The book of James chapter 1 verse 22 tells us, but don't just listen to God's word. You must do what it says. Otherwise, you are only fooling yourselves. See, when God speaks, we obey. And if we disregard the promptings of God and the voice of God, the leadings from God, then the less I will hear from God. Because I'm ignoring him now. I'm going to invite, the, uh, invite Grayson up to be on the keyboard, and we're going to close. I want to end with this story, just a, a quick story about my grandson. So they love popcorn when they watch like, certain movies. So we make popcorn at home, and we go old school. 
I have the popcorn kernels. I put some olive oil in the pot, and I pour the, the kernels in there. So it's popping, and, you know, you have to leave the lid open a little bit. And so it's hot, and there's oil and everything in there. So my grandson, Jaden, who is six, he's going to be seven, he says, Papa, can I watch? And I said, well, it's hot over here. So you got to be careful. And so he was right next to the stove, and he's, he's leaning on it, and he's watching it. And I said, you're too close. you got to back up because it's popping, and sometimes, you know, oil will splat out. And he didn't listen. I said, Jaden, you don't want to be right here. You want to come more over here. Back up. He still didn't listen. So I thought, you know what? There's two things that will happen. One, I can keep nagging him, or I can see if it is okay next to the stove. And so he's like this, and then he sees the TV, so he's watching TV. One of the kernels popped out. Now, it it didn't pop yet. So something threw out that kernel, landed on his arm. So he's like this, watching TV, and it lands on his arm. Pop, lands right on his arm. Ah! He screams. And, and, okay, bad papa moment, I started laughing. I could not stop laughing. And, and, and I said, I'm so sorry, are you okay? He goes, and he starts scratching. He's like, ah! And I looked, there was a small red mark because it stuck to his skin when it popped because the oil just stops. And I started laughing, and then he said, Papa, it's not funny. And he started crying because I'm laughing at him. He said, Jaden, I'm so sorry. I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at what happened to you. I'm so sorry. But it just was funny. I'm sorry. And he started crying, and I felt so bad. It was just one of those moments. You could not hold it in. And so I told Heidi, and she was right there. And she started laughing too. And, and so I'm like, poor kid. Here, here he has two loving people laughing at him. And then I calmed him down and I said, Jaden, I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't laughing at you. He said, but it hurt, you know. I said, Jaden, did not Papa tell you not to stand there? Yeah, but I couldn't see. I, I, yeah, I, I know you couldn't see it. But Papa wanted you to stand here because you could get burned. I told you that. Yeah, but I couldn't see the popcorn coming. I wanted to see. I, I understand. But you don't, you got burned. And thank God it was just a small kernel. It's done and pow and and you're okay. And I thought, how often God speaks. We don't listen. And then we get burned. And you know who laughs? The enemy. And sometimes we think it's God. And we think that God hurt me. Oh, God can speak through pain. Because sometimes that's the only way we hear him. But then when we listen and obey, the promises and the potential is there for God's great power. Amen. You bow your heads with me as we close in prayer. I'm going to invite the worship team to come up. And as we bow our heads, just take a moment to kind of sift through everything that God is teaching us because it's a God moment. His voice, it's, it's a holy moment that when he speaks to us, he wants the very best for us. Sometimes it doesn't sound good, but it is good. And so, Lord, this morning as we bow our heads before you, as we pray to you, we want to learn how to get into your word every day. 
We'll miss a day or two, but we'll get back on track. Speak to us throughout the day, Lord, wherever we may be, not just when we need you, but throughout the day. Give us wisdom, discernment, direction. And as we do so, Lord, we're going to surrender our lives to you, that we're going to position ourselves in surrender, that we're going to give up our rights so so that we can be righteous. Oh, yeah, sometimes we have the right to demean someone. We have the right to retaliate. But that's not the spirit that you want us to have. So, Lord, speak to us. Your servants are listening. In fact, right now, maybe God is speaking to you and he's saying, you know, you have yet to receive me as your Lord and Savior. You've been coming to church for a while and just like Samuel, you've been in the house of the Lord, yet you don't know me yet. You don't, you don't know my voice yet. And God wants to speak to you daily and he wants to be with you. He wants to save you for all of eternity to be with him in heaven. And if you're here this morning and you're saying, you know, I, I, I want to hear the voice of God, but even more, I want to be with God and he with me. I want salvation. I want my eternal destiny to be heaven. I want Jesus to come into my heart. And if that's you, for the very first time, you're saying yes to Jesus. Would you just lift a hand real briefly? And you're saying, I want Jesus in my heart. Good. God sees your hand. Yeah. Anybody else? You're saying, I, I want Jesus in my heart. Okay. God sees you. Yeah. It's a holy moment. God sees you. He hears you. And you're going to hear him. Okay. God sees your hand too. Yeah. Back there. Okay. You can put your hands down. Even as believers, I'm sure there are times where we want to hear God, and but there's so many voices coming in. As we pray this prayer, even as believers, let's, let's, let's make that recommitment with God and say, God, I want to draw close to you so that I can hear your voice even that much clearer. And if that's you as a believer, you're saying, God, that's me. I want to draw closer to you today. That's why I'm here. Could you just lift a hand and say, God, I want to draw close to you. I want to knock on the door and be that close to you. Yeah. And put your hands down. Let's pray this prayer together, all of us, especially for those who are saying yes to Jesus. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Forgive me of my sins. Wash me clean and make me brand new. I believe you died on the cross for me to give me a future with you in heaven. And it starts today. Help me to hear your voice to follow your leadings and to discern when it's not you speaking. In Jesus' name I pray. And we all said together, amen. Can we just welcome these that said yes to Jesus this morning for the first time? Welcome into the family of God. And if you did say yes to Jesus, you're going to see an usher on the way out. They're going to have a Bible and some reading material. Even the bookmarker is in there to help you Get into the Word of God so that we can learn together God's voice and that we can discern His voice. In fact, next week we're going to be speaking about how do I recognize that it's God? How do I relate to God? And God gave us His Son, Jesus Christ, so that we could relate to Him. I'm so thankful for that, aren't you?